One, two, three, four. Spoils of Akron time. We've got some serious drama here today. But fear not, listeners. I mean drama in a good way. The Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. Ow. Welcome to the Spoils of Akron podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller, here with my dynamic co-host, Shane Wynn. Shane Wynn and her second uh, hosting hosting gig with us and... She's being paid very handsomely. Yes, for and now I'm an this. expert. She can quit her photography career because you make <laughs> so much money on this podcast. Take your own pictures, Zach. Yes, <laughs> take your own pictures. <laughs> She's moving on. Um, so how was your weekend, Shane? It was fantastic. Awesome. I had a lovely Mother's Day and a trip to Pittsburgh to visit my brother. That's great. And I saw a picture online of her kids just pampering her, like fanning her and yes. feeding her <laughs> wine. And yep, grapes. I make a public announcement, uh, public service announcement every Mother's Day to not forget to shamelessly exploit your children. It's amazing. It's worth having <laughs> children for. So we'd like to introduce a very special guest. I know I mentioned something about drama earlier during the, the, the theme song, and she is a theater dynamo among the neighborhoods of Akron. She's doing something really cool coming up. Um, I'd like to welcome Katie Beck. Hey, welcome. What up, Akron? What up, Katie? So tell us a little bit about why you're here. There's a there's a show coming up in two weeks or a week and a half. And what's yeah, it all about? yeah. Let's say two weeks. It's a little less scary. Two weeks. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's two called uh, the festival is called Nepali Applause. It is an open air market slash performance festival. And it is taking place uh, Saturday, May 27th and Sunday, May 28th behind the newly opened Exchange House in North Hill. Uh, So it's going to be um, illustrating a lot of the Nepali artists' uh, history and their work and their artistry in uh, Akron. So there will be uh, tons of dancers, um, some musicians. Uh, We're going to sprinkle a few American artists in there, too, throughout the festival. Um, And then also premiering an original play that I've been uh, devising with six Bhutanese artists. Okay. And... uh how has it been like working with uh, the refugee population here in Akron? It's been so fun. They, you know, I, I've, I'm, I've always been inspired by the place. As an artist, I've always been inspired by where I'm living and, and who's around me. And I never expected to be so connected and so inspired by their stories and their personalities. So it's been really fun. Um, we've been exploring their own personal stories to create these uh, theater scenes, uh, like short vignettes that will... Uh, create one larger uh, play that will premiere at the festival. Um, but there's been also some, you know, cultural uh, and language boundaries that I've I've been exploring with them. <laughs> sure. But I heard you speak in Nepali at Jilly's. You, you, you stood in for one of the actors that night. And the, the clip that I saw was really good. It was very powerful. And, and it, it, allows, uh, it allows these folks to really... Um, I guess process their experience right as refugees and as people who had to learn a lot about American culture just to fit in and just to do daily activities yeah absolutely they're 
something that I didn't know about them before working with them is that be- when they were living in refugee camps, they always had time to come together and just work on what they wanted to work on. So they wanted to be creative. So a large group of these young artists would come together and just make theater. They didn't have anyone leading them. They didn't have any directors. They just kind of came together and created what they wanted to create. And I think that's really uh, inspirational and it drives a lot of, of um, our, our theater making together. Um, but what's cool about this experience is you're absolutely right. It helps them process their own stories, but what I love about doing community-based theater specifically is that um, in rehearsal, you constantly have to make decisions. So it's really honing their sense of agency. It's giving them a chance to um, decide how they want their story to be, to be told and how uh, they would like to portray that to the audience. Yeah, and you, you work with other populations too. So we have the Nepali Applause, which is I want to note that that was a Night Arts Challenge grantee, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on that. <laughs> you. And you've also worked in uh, South Akron with a project called Girls Theater with South Street Ministries, doing similar work, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, we meet once a week on Monday nights. Actually, I'll be going there after uh, this podcast. Um, we meet uh, once a week and we work on storytelling through theater. Uh, last term we had done Theater of the Oppressed, which is all about um, taking their personal stories and then allowing the audience to shape what happens in the scene. Uh, this time we're doing more like individual stories where some of them will be doing a dance and some of them will be singing and some are like reading their own poetry for a final performance in June. So a lot of our work is that uh, you know, again, shaping that sense of agency and how you want your stories to be told and um, creating work that is actually for and with and about them. And Shane, they did something really cool where they would do a scene and then people from the audience could give them feedback and say, well, if you were driving a car, you wouldn't be looking at the person next to you for prolonged amounts of time, like almost like fact checking the, the, the skit. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, so then the audience gets involved in the improv as well. Yeah, exactly. So especially in that, there was a forum theater scene set up, which is from Augusto Bawal's uh, Theater of the Oppressed canon. It's all about uh, showing an oppression, letting the audience tell the actors how they could you know, change the situation. Mm-hmm. And then the actors get to explore it themselves through improv. So the girls, it was the first time that they'd ever had an audience doing it, but they were able to explore how these uh, different options change their perspective wow and you're an experienced actress and director and i'm assuming playwright too and it must be challenging to work with people who they're getting stage fright because it's their first time doing it so it must take some some amount of patience i would imagine uh to, to work with them yeah absolutely a lot of it is just um you know, making that personal connection with them and building our relationship over time in rehearsal. And then they always get nervous right before, but I get to be Coach Katie where I step up and I'm like, no, you are talented and awesome and your story needs to be told. (laughs) So that's kind of a a fun part of my job when working with them. But it it makes it difficult too because, uh, you know, a lot of professional theater artists work with other professional theater artists who have experience in, in working through stage fright and anxiety and being in front of an audience. So sometimes I have to overlook my um my theater eye and just like trust that whatever happens is going to be great and it always is sure 
And do you have any exercises or tips like deep breathing or <laughs> visualization or some sort of we thing? Need you're, some of you're on a you're on a yeah. serene beach right now. Can you tell us we're awesome rowdy crowd. every day before we do our podcast? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love yeah, to come and do a coaching a, session. <laughs> talk. I really need that. <laughs> I have to do it to myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> Wait, so I have a question. I feel like I'm not really a great actress. I've tried it a couple of times. And I just feel maybe that's not for me. Do you think that anyone can do it or it really takes a, a particular type of person? I think that anyone can do it. I think it's about finding a role or a story that you really connect with um, a lot of times. Some people have the natural ability just to step into whatever role, but maybe you need to be in a play that's closer to your heart or even about your story, like the Shane Wynn play. Whoa. Shane Wynn story. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. It's, there are many twists and turns. And I, I actually saw Shane do storytelling before, and she was really funny and really good. It was, I mean, she definitely, you know, had the crowd captivated and laughing. And so, yeah, I agree. I think you can right. do it. Right. That's true. If it's, if it's, um, I'm, I'm better on the fly, I feel, than trying to, to be something I'm not. But there, that's important. There's some people that do that extremely well. But I want to be good at everything. So maybe you can coach me and talk me into being good at that. No, I, I, so. I totally feel that. <laughs> um, so, so you've also worked with Firestone Park. You did a play there. Um, so, yeah, tell everyone, you know, about a little bit about your background because you have a degree in this. You're not just someone you know, off the street, like, hey, I want to do a play. You've been at this for quite a while. Yeah. So, um, yes, I did work with Firestone Park last summer. I did a play called Into the Mold, which was based on uh, the history of the rubber industry in Firestone Park and how Harvey Firestone had shaped the neighborhood and built the community to, you know, have a really strong sense of self-identity. And then, of course, the aftermath of what, what, happens to those people and their identity and that was a totally different perspective of any of the other projects I'm working on now uh, just because Firestone Park is definitely more of a senior citizen area now um, and just how the neighborhood is changing is totally affecting a lot of those people in the neighborhood so that's a continued project that I um We'll actually be bringing some scenes back for Open Streets on June 25th. Some oh, of good. the skits that we did last year and some new ones, too. Yeah, o Open Streets is going to be really cool. They're going to open the streets between Summit Lake, Firestone Park, and Kenmore. Yeah. Right? It's so where you, the cars can't drive on it. And wow. It's basically just it becomes walkable. You That's know, a the lot main, of street, The main thoroughfare. Yeah, and, and so a few years ago... During the first Better Black in North Hill, they did an open streets uh, from North Hill to downtown Akron over the bridge. Oh, I remember seeing pictures of that. It was which great. I now avoid because of all this construction downtown. Right. <laughs> I avoid it at all costs. Um, so, yeah, open streets, that'll be that'll be a great event. And so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your background and what got you interested in doing this, working with communities. Yeah, so I... I think we mentioned before, I grew up in Akron, um, but then I went away to Allegheny College in northwestern Pennsylvania. When I was 18, I had the mindset that I wanted to get out of Akron, I wanted to study theater, and then I wanted to go to New York and audition as an actress. That didn't happen, obviously, and I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> um, I went to Allegheny, and Allegheny is all about unusual combinations, so they required you to have a major and minor in different divisions. So I had a major in theater and writing, and a minor in values, ethics, and social action, which was uh, pretty much like studying community service, civic engagement, you know, the academic work of it, but then also having 
the experiential learning aspect where I was working as a service leader in my community. So I was fortunate enough as I was sort of combining these uh, this intersection of social justice and theater to go and study with a community-based theater company called Cornerstone that's based in LA, California. And every summer they go to a different town in California and they create an original community-based production. So um, in the summer of 2013, I went to Salinas, California, which is uh, John Steinbeck country. So agriculture, strawberries, all of those good things that we buy at the store and learned a process that combines uh, community organizing and theater which I now uh, attribute a lot of my own process today. So after I returned from Cornerstone from staying there for a summer, um, I, I went back to Allegheny to do my senior thesis, which was my own uh, prototype of community-based theater, which with, with, with the African uh, Bethel Methodist Episcopal Church in Meadville, Pennsylvania, which was exploring the history of civil rights and the black population in Meadville. Um, and from there, I just kind of used that as my own uh, way of exploring the process of community-based theater and how it changes from the West Coast to the Rust Belt, where we are now. Um, and a lot of that just has inspired the projects that I'm doing here in Akron. That's awesome. Yeah. And I that's something I, I know I've talked to you about this before. I really admire that because you're actually using your art to empower people and to bring people together and to really help them kind of explore their community and understand their neighborhoods. And so I love that grassroots community building aspect. So it sounds like you're glad you didn't go to New York to yes. be an actress. Yeah. You would have been one of like 10,000, 50,000, you know, you're, you're unique here. You're like yeah. needed. Yeah. So. It's like one in a million in That's New York. Cool. Yeah. So I'm curious about what you said, um, how community-based theater changes from the West Coast to the Rust Belt? How does it change? Well, the stories are different. So in California, a lot of the theater making that we were uh, doing was around farm workers and sort of their history over time and how um, there's a lot of immigrants from Mexico uh, sneaking over the border and a lot of like gender um, based storytelling, like in terms of domestic abuse in, in the fields and all of those things. But then you come back to the Rust Belt and you have this you know, we know in Akron there's a very strong sense of identity with rubber in the rubber city. Like five out of 15 companies in Akron are named rubber city, whatever, which is great and awesome. Right, right. <laughs> um, but having that strong sense of identity and then once it's gone, what's left? And what's cool about Akron is there's all these cool different communities and people um, who are growing uh, the economy, who are changing the faces of Akronites that... I think is just so unique compared to the West Coast or other parts of the country. Yeah, I see a I see more of a pride among Akron residents, you know, and this helps with that community building. You know, 20 years ago, uh, you know, a lot of my peers moved away. They moved to the West Coast, bigger cities, and they laughed at me for staying here. Like, oh, you're staying in Akron. Why are you doing that? I'm like, I like it here. You know, I, I, I realized it's coolness, but I think everyone not everyone but a lot of more people now are are embracing that that makes us different yeah. and quirky and not I, not yeah. cool you know that there's a, there's a coolness <laughs> to not being cool here not in cool and that's cool <laughs> <laughs> not cool is a new cool it is yeah exactly <laughs> so um 
Also, so it sounds like you're kind of, your stories have followed along with geography, like where you've been. Yeah. But what about you yourself? Do you have like a dream production, like your story or like what would be your dream? It's, it's a production, right? Even though it's, it's still community-based theater, is that what you would call it? Yeah, yeah. I guess... So my dream is just always to work with different communities and to create like really big, like ambitious productions about them. I've just always been someone that is inspired by other people's stories and some of my own. But if I had to choose one about me, mm-hmm. I would want to write a one woman show that takes place only in a bathroom. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Yeah. So <laughs> Low maybe, production cost. Right. Exactly. Right. It would, and I think it would be called Flush. But oh, it would show it would show moments of being in the bathroom, yeah. right? Like throwing up from being hungover, or you know having a big poop one day. <laughs> Just hey. Moments like that, which are really oh. vulnerable, but would show a lot of truth. Um, and then I could also add humor to it instead of just talking about myself the whole time. That is really interesting. That's I'm a, glad I asked that question. That's a great idea, actually. Did, I, I, yeah. I think that, that would sell because I don't know if there are any one-person plays that take place just in the bathroom. I don't think so. And, and yet and, so many stories. Right. So and many we, rich are, stories. We are most vulnerable selves in there. You know, yeah. that's that's a great point. And did you know the, the Devil Strip has... Um, uh, yeah, a urine luck. Urine luck, piece yeah. That they do every every uh, public bathroom so. reviews. Yeah, you just crash it one of the times. <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah, you have a. They're doing a big article on your bathroom, and you're you're nervous about that. So that could that could be the kickoff to it. There you go. <laughs> so would you would you ever have aspirations of? acting in something bigger and they're in a different city or you know movies or do you, do you yeah. think about those things yeah there i mean you know there's little katie inside five-year-old katie that wants that uh you know large stage or big big opportunity to be on the screen but i really i i'm so much more gratified from working with the community because i always tell people it's not about creating something on Broadway or something like high quality professional. It's about the process for the people and seeing their journey over a rehearsal process that's six to eight weeks is just so much more satisfying than being in a role. Because sure. honestly, I stress out when I act too because there's so many, again, there's so many choices you make as an actor in, in doing uh, theater that I'd rather just help other people uh, make choices for themselves. And you probably see a change in them throughout that eight weeks right yes like absolutely. maybe more confidence or yeah there's always it, it's great because it starts out really positive and then we work 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 and it starts to get kind of stressful because these questions come up about ourselves and these insecurities like any human being and then once we finally get to the performance there's just this huge relief and they're happy and and satisfied and they're addicted and they want to come back and do it again and they probably want, yeah, they probably want to be in another one after that. Yep. You can empower them to write their own one person. Yeah, shows. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What What have some of the um, themes been that have emerged from um, the, the immigrant population? Like what's of interest to them? And especially the age group you work with is like teenagers, isn't it? Yeah, they're 18 to 20. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're they're all either graduating from North or have graduated. Uh, but some of the issues that come up are like, you know, adapting to American culture. So um, when they were living in refugee camps, they didn't have as much freedom to go out and do different things. But now that they're in America, you know, they go to parties where they might have to choose if they want to drink or not. They, um, you know, their parents are telling them to do things, but really they have more freedom. They can drive around and go places. They can pick up friends. So there's a lot of these 
uh, I, I've heard some of the older Nepali people say that their kids aren't listening now because there is so much more freedom. Then we also talk about just their adjustment with um, coming to America, like in the high school situation. So one of the stories that Moni Badarai, that's his name, uh, tells is about learning English and how he thought he was so good at speaking English in Nepal, like when they were learning in refugee camps, and then he came here and no one could understand him. So that sort of drop in confidence from, you know, going from Nepal to Akron. Yeah. I've had that experience Yeah, <laughs> where I thought I was really good at a language and then went to the country and, and it's completely yeah, different. no one knew yeah. what I was saying. Because yeah. you, you have to, you don't factor in dialects, mm-hmm. regional slang. Speed and, of. Yeah, yeah, speed of, yeah. Of, of how, you know, people talk like motor right. mouths and yeah. And, you know, and what, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I've interviewed a lot of refugees for the Akronis and some other projects. And one time I was interviewing a girl and she told me, she, she said, I feel so dumb because people can't understand my English. And I tell her that you're smarter than an English speaker because you know more than one language. Like mm-hmm. I say, most people here couldn't even learn a second language. So you're smarter actually, you know, it's, yeah. and, and it's, it's made me sad to hear that. Cause I, I mean, I'm notes English is probably so difficult to learn. So that language barrier is probably huge for some people. Yeah. I mean, and Nepali is so hard cause I've, I've learned a little bit, but it's totally, it's just a different part of your mouth and way of speaking. And sure. it's just a really difficult language. So I, whenever I speak the very little Nepali, I know to my actors, I always feel dumb myself cause I just feel like I'm totally screwing it up in front of them. And they laugh at me if it is wrong, and that's okay. (laughs) Do they teach you cuss words in Nepali? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a few. (laughs) Some that are common uh, English words. Oh, okay. So I don't know if I. Interesting. I don't know if I could say them. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Cheek. Okay. Just like your cheek. That's a bad Nepali word. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll have to Google that later. (laughs) Cheeky. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nepali friends. I'm sorry. sorry, (laughs) Um, So like clear this up for me because I always have a difficult time speaking about the immigrant community. Okay. Mm -hmm. So from, you're from Nepal, you speak Nepali and you're Nepalese, right? Yes. You're from, you're, you speak Bhutanese, or you are Bhutanese. Do, <laughs> okay, yeah, so this is something that I've worked out with them, with the actors, too, because I had a misunderstanding. So the long story short with the history of Nepal and Bhutan is that uh, in, like, the 1600s, the Bhutanese king came to Nepal and grabbed, like, 41 Nepali families and brought them back to Bhutan to help build the government and the country. So uh, the Nepali... Ethnically, the Nepali people were there for like 360 years before the next uh, Bhutanese king in the 1990s decided that they wanted to do an ethnic cleansing. So they forced all of the the, um, ethnically Nepali people that were living in Bhutan from those original 41 families, they forced them to leave. Like they burned their books, like they uh, would put them at gunpoint uh, to sign a volunteer migration form saying that, you know, oh, yeah, we voluntarily leave even though it was all forced. So they are Nepali. They're ethnically Nepali, but they also identify as Bhutanese. Thank you. I needed that more than I knew. Me too. Yeah. And it's my understanding that they both speak similar languages, but Mm -hmm. maybe different dialects. Yeah, each I guess each of their tribes have different dialects within the Nepali community too. Okay, 
So it'd be got it'd be like Canadians and Americans both speaking some some version of English, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. With, so, okay, with a different right. dialect, maybe. Except it, except Canadians present is a lot nicer than Bhutanese king. Right. It's, <laughs> He's actually a cool guy. I love him. Yeah. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so no just, no ethnic cleansing going on. I just had a Canada. little bracelet made, and it says WWJTD. Uh, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. He's he does cool him. stuff. Justin, you know, obviously. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to further explain that. <laughs> yeah, so, I, have a, I have a leader crush. Okay. No, I think he's hot too. Sorry. Really <laughs> hot. Feminist and dances. Yeah, I know. I can't even. I can't even. So, so you also, as I mentioned, live in North Hill and yeah. not too far from me. We live on the same street. And I, I love living out there. I don't know about you, but I... North Hill, I've lived in so many different neighborhoods in Akron. I've lived in Kenmore, Ellet. Um, I've lived in University Park area. I've lived, you know, um, downtown. And I really, and I, and Highland Square, briefly, a long time ago. But I, I like, I feel like the street I live on North Hill is like more neighborly than anywhere else I've ever lived. Like the people will talk to you when you go outside and get to know people. And they're, they're like... There's some, you know, Italian families who have been there quite a while, and it's just like people have more of a sense of history and community there than I've seen in other areas. Like some areas, like when I lived in Ellet, it felt more like a suburban neighborhood where everyone's kind of like eh, keep to themselves. So I don't know if you feel that or if, if it's something, you know, that yeah, you no, notice as well. I totally agree. Everyone's so welcoming and kind. And it, my experience, too, just thinking about reflecting about Firesome Park growing up there. You know, the history of a company town like Firestone Park is that everyone used to know each other because they would all work together and their families grew up together. But then once that industry left, there was sort of this like separation, like where people where neighbors isolated themselves. And then you go to North Hill, which has, you know, a super long history of immigrants coming in. And it's just so welcoming and yeah. kind. And I I never feel unsafe. And everyone always smiles. That doesn't happen everywhere in Akron. True, yeah. <laughs> Seems so. like there's a lot of people outside, too. Yeah, people are always mm-hmm. walking around. Or I did a photo place. shoot there, um, and I noticed how many marigolds, beautiful marigolds, I guess they use marigolds yes. in, the, in a lot of the wedding receptions and things like that. So there's beautiful gardens, and people seem to be out on their porches more. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're great gardeners, mm-hmm. and yeah, and the, the colorful you know colorful crops like the marigolds and other flowers. Mm-hmm. I know, it's so pretty. That's good stuff. My so, house looks so boring compared to theirs. <laughs> yeah, mine too. So um, 27th and 28th for Nepali Applause, yeah. right? Okay. And um, is, there, is there a uh, cover charge or a event charge for that? No, it, it is free. We okay. are accepting donations, though. Okay. So uh, throughout the event, it's free to get in. If you want to donate to uh, help this festival happen again next year, you can. And then for the play, which will be at 5 p.m. both days, um, we're selling pay-what-you-can tickets. So if you have a dollar to give, you can reserve a seat with that. If you uh, have $100 to give, you can have more than one seat. Or you can come in for free for that, too. But we're just trying to uh, give tickets for the seat reservations for the play specifically. Sure. And it's it's in the back lot of the Exchange House, which yeah. actually faces North Main Street. So it's near the corner of Talmadge and, and North Main. And it's really cool because since the Exchange House has opened, you guys have taken away some of that fence um, because it's on Alma Street, which is the next street. But a lot of uh, neighboring families are walking through that area to go to some of the grocery stores across the street. 
Um, yeah, and it's it's become a lot more walkable. And I would definitely say to everybody out there, it's worth paying for any you know it's it's you're gonna get a lot of entertainment there's gonna be music right and yeah music dancing dance, and, yeah yeah so also the exchange house will have a full exhibit of Bhutanese artists inside oh, oh that's neat yeah so we'll have the festival behind and then the inside of the house will have lots of activity as well and and we were talking about better block earlier and there's a better block tied to the exchange house the better block foundation bought that house and the house next to it which that was a condemned property. Like I had a guy at a reception I was at there say, yeah, there was, it was a drug house at one time and it was seedy. And ever since um, it's taken under, you know, been taken under new ownership, it's completely changed even that street that it's on. So they converted it rather than condemn the house and build it into an Airbnb. There's programming, you know, Katie is an AmeriCorps Vista working there, doing a lot of the programming. And it seems like there's a lot going on there. Like I, I see this last weekend, there's common threads conversation there. So I see it pop up more and more as a great space. And it's also going to be the location for the next EP cooker. Oh, um, that'll be fun. Which is, mm-hmm. is that the same? That's not the same weekend. Is it, it is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so it'll no, be later that night. Yeah. So the wow. festival is 12 to six. Okay. And then the EP cooker will start at seven in the same performance. And those time. are always fun. Yeah. yeah we they we are, teamed up blessed. intentionally. That's cool. Okay. Nice. Wow. You're going to have a busy weekend. That weekend, yeah. yeah. To say. <laughs> so um, where can people find out more about this? Because one thing we didn't mention is the name of your theater company. Right. Sorry so, about that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, my theater is called Gum Dip Theater. Uh, so it comes from the history of Firestone dipping his tires in a rubber gum to strengthen the adhesive of the tire. So it's supposed to be a metaphor for strengthening community. In the oh, same I way. like that. Yeah. It makes perfect yeah. sense. So <laughs> a lot of the, all these projects we talked about, the South Akron Girls Theater, the Firestone Park, those are all under the umbrella of Gum Dip Theater, right? Yep. And it's okay. gum as in chewing gum, dip as in chewing dip, theater with an R-E. Chew, dot com. Chew on that. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> All right. So, so Shane, uh, what do you think? Are you going to be in her next production? I really doubt it. I feel sorry <laughs> for anyone who might watch me if I am. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do a play. Yeah, she's <laughs> like now. She, I almost have to. The challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I sing karaoke, but that's not the oh, same thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love karaoke. that's someone else's song. It's when you right. actually have to act, you know. But I'll try anything twice. So well, we could do a one-woman show <laughs> on a karaoke stage. Oh, and make it an, a musical, right? And it oh my, oh, stages, this sounds amazing. Right? You know your karaoke songs. <laughs> can be the music yeah very alluring yes (laughs) i don't hate this idea (laughs) perfect that that would be i think that would be interesting (laughs) we could apply for a night arts challenge grant for it (laughs) right we're both we're both good at that i think we're nailing it with this idea arts challenge best idea ever (laughs) (laughs) okay so um is there is there anything else let's see let's uh let's talk a little bit about akron because you you went. You grew up here. You left. You came back. Did you notice a difference in those few years you were away for college? Did did have things changed for you <clears throat> as far as how you view Akron and what's going? Oh, on? Oh yeah, it's I like I mentioned. I wanted to leave Akron when I graduated high school, but being an adult here is very different than growing up here. Um, mostly because you have the freedom to go around and and check out things you're interested in, as opposed to high school where I was kind of just stuck in the St. VM line of things, sports and and all of that good stuff. But coming back, um, 
I, you know, it was definitely a big shift for me. I, I wasn't necessarily the happiest I've been in my life coming back just because the post-college blues. But um, Akron had so many hidden secrets that I didn't know about that really uh, encouraged me and pulled me out of a rut. Um, a lot of artists that I'm thankful for that I, I don't think I would have been where I'm at today without finding all of these uh, awesome people Sure. Do you think it's easier to collaborate here? I've heard of that a lot, that that's a major plus is people will really help you along. and Yeah, yeah, because I think places like New York and L.A., it's more competitive. And in right. Akron, everyone's like, oh, how do we collaborate on this? How can we work together? Because mm-hmm. we know it's going to be better if we work together. Exactly. Yeah, there's I feel only like, so many of us. Right. <laughs> I feel like there's less ego here yeah. than you might see in other cities. It's part of this humility, like this rust belt. Midwestern humility that uh, people here have, or uh, most people here have. And yeah, I've noticed the same thing. I mean, there's there have been a lot of changes. And there seem to be especially a lot of good uh, quality theater out there right now. Yeah. You know, it, you know, we, I don't know if you've seen the Devil's Milk, any of the Devil's Milk mm-hmm. trilogy. That's really incredible. And that's also about our rubber history. His, you know, it's, it's very Akron-centric. The, the guy the guys from Masu Productions they do a lot of good theater some experimental theater so yeah and, and our friends at Wandering Aesthetics as well mm-hmm. so yeah it just seems like there's there's an abundance of good community theater and do you, is anybody competitive or is there pretty much a a, a camaraderie there among all these groups oh it's I've felt nothing but camaraderie with all okay. of them with Masu Wandering Aesthetics uh, Dunamis now with Nikki Romo sure right, all, right. all of the theater companies um, especially the smaller ones here are so kind and open and, and I love all of them I have nothing but good things to say yeah that's great and it seems like they're getting everyone's getting people to their events and you know trying to reach a new audience you know there's there's a large Akron has a pretty large population, so there's a lot. There are a lot more people to reach, and to to reach out to. Yeah, I, I always say if there's an audience, like if if a theater is getting an audience, then they're supposed to be doing what they're doing. Right, right. Supply and demand. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And so, when you're not doing theater, cool theater stuff, what else do you like to do in Akron? Do you have some favorite hangouts? Or restaurants, or yeah, what do you things eat? to do. What do you mm. like to eat? Uh, I definitely have Swenson's once a week because it's around the corner uh, from yeah. our street. <laughs> it is very close. Yeah, I know that's like the dumb classic answer. No, um, but they're great. Peanut butter milkshakes are good. I, I like the banana, but oh. yeah. Oh, I never tried the banana. <laughs> um, I love Akron Family Restaurant is my brunch spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I talked about that in the Devil Strip. Um, mm-hmm. I love the new uncorked High Street Hop split mm-hmm. that's sweet i always hang out in highland square that's usually the the bar hopping spot but a couple of weeks ago i actually went bar hopping in north hill with a couple of my comrades from the league of creative interventionists okay and we started at rancheros the mexican restaurant mm-hmm. and then we went down to there's called the hill pub and okay. then over to lynn's and i'm not saying that these are ultra cool wow. like hipster bars but it was like the first night where i was like you know north hill could be a, a cool spot to to bar hop oh that's fun you know yeah did you write about that i'd like to hear you know i your could experience. write about it yeah I think that would be yeah. really interesting yeah, yeah it wasn't each place wasn't the most pleasant 
but it was a learning experience. <laughs> Did you have like an interesting drink or, you know, something new that you hadn't had before? Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of the places the the attitude was different. We walked in and uh, they they just like gave us the stare down. And I've never <laughs> had that happen before in Akron. Like that's not typical. It's nice to challenge yourself. Yeah, I, exactly. You, know, you got to be a little uncomfortable every day. Yeah, that's I love I love being uncomfortable because that's <laughs> that's when I really feel like I'm challenged and I grow. Absolutely. Same here. And there, there's a. I have not been to some of the ones you mentioned, but there's one that's like a sports bar on North Main, and that's a pretty cool place. Dante's. That's yes, actually where yes. me and my roommates always go. That's our the, neighborhood bar. That, that's a good. There's good food there, and it's there's a lot of re, there are a lot of regulars there, but there they are, seem really yeah. friendly. Yeah, they're friendly, so. but it's their game day sauce, life changing. Yeah, Ooh. it's good. Maybe you could write us a little guide about how to do this, and then I'll go and do the same thing and, you know, take some pictures and we'll yeah, see what definitely. crops up. See if I can capture that stare you get when you walk in and that you're I'm, I'm describing. Sure. Yes, yeah, well. send, send her, the give her guy. an itinerary, and she could go to each place and retrace. Ooh, yeah, it's like a scavenger hunt of photos. Here's the stink guy. Here's yeah, a PBR in a can. <laughs> Had that here. It's just a spectrum of experiences. Right, right. That's fun. Yeah, there, there are a decent amount of saloons in a small yeah. space oh, in north hill yeah, i would say good. yeah there are a few so and definitely met some new people there yeah so that's i'm cool. sure <laughs> i had an interesting swenson's moment i'm going to go back to that for a second so i was sitting around a grill on mother's day and we had like a grill full of meat and there were four of us that were standing there that used to be vegetarians and every single one of us broke our streak of vegetarianism with a hamburger Every single one, and two of us, it was a Swenson's burger. <laughs> that, yeah, It'll break your will. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I thought too. that was a funny story. I'm like, it's always a hamburger. That's really yeah. odd, you know. Yeah, that should be their tagline: <laughs> breaking the vegetarian. We, we turn vegetarian. <laughs> we'll break you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll break your will to eat yeah. a vegetable. <laughs> break your will to be healthy. <laughs> I, I also am a fan of the Portage Crossing area, even though it's in Chicago mm-hmm. Falls. It's a that giant eagle is amazing. I know you can just it's, walk around and yeah. drink while you're grocery shopping. Oh, that's true. That's a major plus. And mm-hmm. and me being a, a big proponent of free food, you go there at certain, certain hours. <laughs> you can have samples like on every aisle. You could fill Ooh. up during the day if you walk around. Cause people do cooking demos. Nice sushi. Yeah, there, there's a very uh, robust. <laughs> Free oh. sample and then, uh, yeah. game going there. You can have yeah. a very expensive time. You go over to the thrift store. Right. The Village yeah. Thrift. That's yeah. my favorite thrift store, right? Yeah, it, it is. Free it's, food. Yeah, it's like it's a massive thrift store. I remember being younger mm-hmm. and driving all the way out there just to go to the Village Thrift. Oh, it's yeah. A, I can spend some money at the thrift yeah. store because I shop for like five people at once. So I kind of amaze myself. I'm like, I just spent $200, but I'm at the thrift store. I pile just mountains of clothes. Probably like years worth of clothes. Yeah, it's like the whole entire <laughs> year <laughs> it, but the, the village thrift also is one of the only ones i've been to that has more of like high-end there's like a mm-hmm. high-end section where the clothes are almost as much as new clothes some it's of the true. jeans and coats and yeah, yeah sometimes that's a cruel joke it is you know? yeah yeah, yeah that's how they get you you got to take dina Eunice with you and like make yeah. sure she can tell you how to navigate stay <laughs> away from She's the a new thrift rack store genius mm-hmm. she actually is uh responsible for the some part of the blue, the Goodwill blue in downtown Akron. She does. Oh yeah, some, uh, she has a, a, a rack in there, the spice rack, the and spice she'll rack, just kind yeah. of weed it out for you. I've shopped in there several times, and I actually had the pleasure of giving uh, Dina a list, and she went and like found this stuff for Ooh, me at the thrift store. Very cool. Had specific things on it. <laughs> yeah, 
I want to do that. I know. <laughs> she I, probably doesn't want anyone to, like right. the whole world to know that. She'll right. be getting lists, email lists all the time. But yeah, it was fun. Like, like, a, um, like a thrift assistant or a... <laughs> yeah, a, a, a secret or shopper or something like right, that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Something good. to think about. Yep. So um, any other events coming up? I know there's Nepali Applause, November, or, November May 27th and 28th. At the behind the exchange house on North Main, so you'll be you'll probably see it, you know, near Tomlinson, Maine. Um, anything else coming up you'd like to plug or talk yeah, about? Yeah, uh, we'll be doing a short excerpt from the Nepali Plaza play at Stage Fest on June third in oh, Highland excellent. Square. Okay. Um, we'll be going on at four o'clock there, and that's a new thing in Akron. It's Stage a new Fest. Thing, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. So, so yeah, explain that um, if if someone's listening doesn't really know about Stage Fest. What what is that? My understanding is that they're trying to make it like porch rocker for theater in Highland Square. So they're gonna have uh, four or five stages outdoors. Just uh, giving little pieces or parts of plays from all of these different theaters, community theaters, the professional theaters, the smaller companies that we mentioned. Uh, So it's going to be, I think it's 11 to 5 that day. It's a Saturday, June 3rd. Um, So there's going to be, I think, at least like 20 different theaters involved showing pieces. And there'll be vendors and food and all that good stuff. That's great. I have a porch rocker meeting right after this podcast recording, Ah. and I don't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I better ask. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Well, I think it's being run by, um, I don't know if it's being run by a Highland Square neighborhood group. I'm not sure, though. Uh, But yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So are there plans to keep doing this performance even after this season's over? I mean, is this something you would do in the future? Yeah, yeah. There are plans to continue working with, the Nepali artists in North Hill. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to maybe tour pieces of the scenes or work with new artists who want to share different stories. We're going to see how this performance goes and sure. then after that uh, continue to work together. Okay. And so when you when you create a theater experience like this, does, is someone a scribe? Is someone going to write down all the dialogues so you have it memorialized somehow or do you just rehearse it and memorize it and just that's the version you use i I write it all down okay so they we we've been uh rehearsing through improv so we've been you know staging different pieces but then once the story gets to a good place i go through and and type up the script and uh write it out for them so there will be a full script yes okay will will there be a version in uh, nepali you know we've been talking about that i don't know they i think these stories are meant to be in english okay so, I mean, there's a couple pe- like a lot of the stories have Nepali involved in, in some of the physicalizations and and some translations. But, yeah, it's it's pretty much a bilingual script. Is there dancing involved as well? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. There's- so and I, I was just at the Zenith Awards. Are those some of the people that are affiliated with your projects that were dancing there? I, I don't know. I didn't see okay. who was dancing. It was there. Nepalese and it looked like interpretive dancing or sort of hula dancing to me. Oh, okay. That's the best way I can describe it. But there are so many dancers, Nepali dancers in Akron. Oh. There's just so many groups. It that seems meet to be up. really popular. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Nepal is the number one dance country in the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. My, oh, I, I want to learn Nepali dance. I no, yeah. that's the other can day. Can we do that? Can we do line? Is there like a line dancing or we can have like a dance mob, like a flash mob? 
I was just thinking about this. <laughs> yes. I want to do a flash mob for the League of Creative Interventionists. Okay. Like, you know, record some simple choreography for people to learn, like an acronym, and yes. then you just spread it out that all over the fun. place. Yeah. And we can make it Nepali led. That's what I was just thinking about yesterday. That that's be, a great and idea. And can we make like a move that's just for acronym? Like, this is the Blue Heron right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just have like your own, <laughs> you know. Heron. This is the blimp, right? You know, yeah, we can definitely that. do that. Float. I'm floating. You guys right? are like yeah. creating like all these a, new like projects right now. Like an acronym DAP. You know, yeah, da- yeah, whatever. Whip and Nene, but it's like <laughs> acronym. The, the DAP DAP. <laughs> oh, that's a <laughs> good one. DAP DAP. Yeah, it's a it's the gum dip DAP DAP. Gum dip the gum DAP gum dip DAP DAP. So, all right, well, we got some good projects started here today. Yeah, this, this conversation. Is, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> this has turned into a meeting. Yeah, this is and right. cool. sometimes we do video, and yes. I think I might want to see Chris do the stance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gum dip DAP DAP. Good year, whatever. Yeah. He'll be at the front. People, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it'll it'll cause people to lose what little respect they have in the <laughs> first place. So, um, well, well, thanks so much, Katie. I I do appreciate you being on and and telling us about all these wonderful projects because I think they're very important for people to learn about and see. And it's you know it's really uh, you bring out the best in people you work with. So that's that's something to be proud of. So definitely check out Nepali Applause, May 27th and 28th. And um, anything else you'd like to promote? We're going to talk about a few events upcoming. We usually do this at the very end. So anything else? Like even if you're not involved, something that cool going on that you want to I mean, yeah, Nepali Applause, uh, Stage Fest, Girl Studio Performance will be Monday, June 5th at 7 p.m. if if folks wanted to see the the young ladies of Summit Lake killing it. Yeah, and that's usually at Front Porch. This this performance will actually be at the Miller Ave Church. Oh, okay. They, okay. That's where they wanted to have it, so cool. that's where we're doing it. What kind that's of great. dancing is that? Uh, with that the, particular performance? Girl Studio? Yeah. That that is just their own their own mix and flavor of dancing. So they're dancing to uh, Bruno Mars' That's what I like. Do you know that nice. song? Nice. Yeah. I yeah. Have, so I have kids. I have a five and eight year old. I'm all. Yeah. Totally. That would make that sense. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're kind of doing their own choreography. Oh, I think I want to see that. Very cool. I'm gonna take yeah. my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Watch yeah. Out. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I there are a few things coming up that I'd like to uh, throw out there. This weekend is the final weekend for the third part of the Devil's Milk Industrial Valley. That's at the Balch Street Theater. That's right off of uh, Maple Street on West Hill. Um, also, this Saturday is another Nepali Bhutanese event um, called it's the Himalayan Music Academy's cultural event, two, 2017 at North High School. Saturday from noon to, uh, or I'm sorry, from 11:30 to 5 p.m. There's going to be some dancing. There's going to be uh, some of Puspa's students and his group, Druk Fusion, and he's going to debut his solo album as well. So it's, and that's a free event. So, you know, it's all day. Um, also on Saturday, is something called the Akron Portage and Paddle, which is a race that uses kayaks and canoes. And they do a thing called portaging, like the Native Americans used to do, where you basically carry the, you know, your boat over your head for a, a mile. And then there's there's like a family-friendly uh, paddle, and there's something that's more competitive. So there are going to be events all around that all day. And I think one of them um, – I would encourage you to just go to Akron Portage and Paddle, but I think one of them leaves from um, one of the locks, and one of them leaves from Portage – or I'm sorry, Nesmith, Nesmith Lake mm-hmm. in, in Kenmore neighborhood. Um, 
let's see what else also there's something saturday night which is pretty cool even though it's in canton it's a you know a little bit of a hall but it's it's a great uh great event for the canton museum of art it's called night at the museum and they've got a really cool exhibit um that is this guy does these sculptures that look like they're egyptian or like relics but they're modern day sculptures so this is a family event surrounding that um there's gonna be a lot of activities there um, there's also the Act, Run, and Crawl this weekend for, I think it's a young professionals group of some sort, Torchbearers maybe. Yeah, Torchbearers, and that's in the evening. Our friend Karen is going to be playing at Roxy Moron at Musica, also on the 20th. There's so much going on the 20th. That's true. I this have a lot on the 20th as well. going to be a very busy weekend. Um, and let's see. I would also like to plug our final Full Circle Storytelling of the Season is going to be May 24th. Um, that's in the evening at Jilly's. And that's been a really, it's been a good season this this time around. I think there's a little more awareness around it. Katie's at a lot of these, and it's great to see you there. So I think that's it for me. How about you, Shane? I, I had a couple of the same. Okay, um, sorry. The, but that's okay. It's a portage and paddle, and then the Canton Museum of Art. I just saw Rob Lair, and this, he's very excited about this. Um, there's going to be glow in dark, glow in the dark face painting and owls. So you got to check that out. Um, and then one more I have Judy B. Jones is playing at the Magical Theater Company in Barberton over the next few weekends. And I have to give a shout out to my daughter's BFF, Estelle Rao, who has a part in that play. Oh, that's cool. My, yeah. When my daughter was younger, she loved Judy B. Jones books. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. going to be fun. I'm going with a group of, of ladies and kids. And so it'll be Mass Chaos, my favorite. All right. Yeah. And Magical <laughs> Theater is really cool because they rebuilt that old theater. And it oh, it's looks, so good. It looks incredible. And it's such a nice day trip. You can go and, you know, visit the ducks at the lake and there's mm -hmm. a little cafe there and a gallery i i really like like just kind of taking a break and checking out barberton and you, of course you have to get chicken with oh yeah white bread oh, and yeah. hot sauce love barberton chicken mm -hmm. i don't yep. eat it often but it's it's a treat when i, when I get it yes <laughs> <Really good>. <laughs> all right so i think that's it from all of us here at spoils of akron um, we're brought to you by the Akronist and Akron Community Foundation, Akron Library, where we all got our start. So thank you again so much. Check out Gum Dip Theater. I think it's gumdiptheater.com, right? Yep. Okay. And learn all about the amazing work Katie's doing and, and get to some of these events. So as always, keep it an Akron, an Akron day. day.